variety of people, cultures, situations, crisis. We're all going through a crisis. We're all going through some type of sadness in our lives. You know, ask yourself, is a person truly happy? A lot of people say, oh, I'm happy. But are they really? Did you ever look inside of a person, just peel the layers back and say to yourself, are they truly happy? Or are they hiding something? I've asked myself this question and I think, yeah, I can look at people just by body language alone and tell you my opinion of what they're really feeling. I'm not a psychic. I do have premonitions, though. And I do see people in certain situations. Now, again, when I was younger, I was able to do that. And I still can do it from time to time. And especially for me, well, it's been difficult. It's been difficult with my emotions. When I'm dealing with so much stuff, in my life. I'm trying to hold it together because I don't want any of you to see me fall apart. They say when you fall apart, though, and I've, and I've heard this from people, when you fall apart, you're the sign of weakness. It's not a sign of weakness at all. As a matter of fact, if you show your emotions, if you cry, if you're able to talk about it, that's the first step, right? Well, for me, I don't have anybody to talk to. Who can I talk to? I talk to you, the audience, because I'm hoping that somebody will listen and hear me and say, hey, look, we listen to you every time you put out a podcast, every time you do an episode, whether it's a happy, emotional, sad, you talk about everything that has to do with life. If you think about this, I don't know if any of you remember this. This was from my childhood. Maybe some people, some of you will remember it. Some of them. There was a game called Life, a, a physical game called Life, where you teach children about life. And I thought, yeah, it was a game. You can't teach, you can't teach children from a game. They have to experience life. They have to live life. They have to go through crisis. They have to go through challenges. They have to go through hardships. You cannot do that playing a game. That's a game. We're talking about the real life. You know, I look at, from my own childhood, all the, every emotion of my childhood. Everything that I ever got near or touched, I lost. I lost a lot of people that I truly loved in my life without warning. Or if it was, if there was a warning, it was too late. You know, when you lose someone who saw you and looked at you and admired you and revered you and said, hey, look, you can do great things and I know one day you will shape the world. I'm sorry I'm getting emotional. <laughs> I'm showing you my real emotions. 
you hear it in my voice. I'm trying to be brave for all of you. But there are times when I feel sad. And this is one of those times. There's a part of me that looks at everybody, looks at their lives, and thinks, are you truly happy? Or are you hiding behind pain? For me, it's putting on a happy face when I'm feeling down. I try not to let anything or anyone get to me, but you know, sometimes it's hard. You have to look back. Again, if you look back into my own personal life, if I can take you to a time travel. You know when you want to go back to a time where life was so simple. You didn't have to worry about a crisis, a tragedy, an obstacle. When you're young, everything is new and exciting and fresh, right? We all go through childhood traumas. We all go through difficulties in our life. And we don't talk about them because if we tell anybody in our own family, oh, they wouldn't believe us. They would think, oh, you know, like children. Children, if, if a child's trying to tell you something and they can't, so they act it out, take that seriously. Children are vulnerable. They'll believe whatever a grown-up tells them. And they would be scared to tell anybody what's been going on. I've actually in my lifetime come across people like that. I've come across in my own heyday as a child where a grown-up will tell you something and tell you, shh, keep it a secret. If you tell someone, you know, you don't do that to a child and make them afraid. Because again, children will listen to what other grown-ups have to say. And when the time comes when that, whatever it is, that little crisis or that tragedy comes out, it's devastating. You think to yourself, okay, I'm a parent now, I have children. Let's give you a scenario. What happens, for instance? For instance, something's going on at school with your daughter or your son. They're acting weird, they're acting strange. They're not, they're kind of like keeping themselves distant from you. If they, and children will not come out and say this, because again, grown-ups, Grown-ups have a way of just, well, let's put it this way. If it were me, if my son or daughter came to me and say, Mommy, something happened to me at school today. Let's listen. What happened to you at school? I want to know. I want to know details. I would process the information you're telling me. I would be like, is someone hurting you? Is someone teasing you? Is someone bullying you? Is someone doing something to you that they shouldn't tell me? Talk to me. Nowadays, you think children cannot say anything because a grown-up, whoever hurt them, will tell them, if you tell your mommy or daddy what I did, something bad will happen. See what I'm talking about? Now, that also applies when you get to be an adult. You think, well, if I'm an adult, I can take care of myself. See, I never had that type of a childhood, but I've come across people or people that I was friends with that had something similar happened. I said, didn't you stand up for yourself? Didn't you go to your parents who are your protectors and they told you, hey, look, don't talk to strangers. If there's something bothering you, if somebody hurts you, tell us. Because if it were me, right away, fierce protector. I do not want someone to hurt somebody that I love. No, it will never happen, Right? So I used to believe when I was younger that my father would be around for a long time and that 
he had made a statement and it just kind of stuck with me. He said, and this was before he got sick and before he passed, and he told me this when I was a little girl and when I was a teenager. He said to me, he said to me, I will always be around to take care of you, to protect you, always. And it didn't happen. And I look back at that and I think, I'm going to be alone in this world. Who's going to protect me? Now i got to learn how to protect myself. So now, after his passing, it was difficult. I got myself assaulted. I didn't do it literally. It happened. But you think when you're, when you're in a certain age group, you think you're invincible. Nothing bad will happen. Don't have that mentality. It could happen to any one of us at any age, at any stage in our life. we got to learn how to protect ourselves. So I used to carry around mace with me. Didn't have to use it, but I had it with me as a form of protection. Now you think, can you use that now if you know someone is doing something to you, if you think someone's following you or is going to do you some harm? There are many ways you could protect yourself. You could scream, you could draw attention. If you're lucky enough and there's people around, someone will come to your rescue because I don't think people are that uncompassionate. They will come around. They will help you in your time of need. And you say to yourself, but that's a good thing. That's a good thing, right? You also got to learn how to defend yourself, though. So for me, it was like taking karate or um, yelling and screaming, getting someone's attention. The more you do that, you'd be surprised. People are going to come to the rescue. Now, for me... I dealt with crisis on my own. I dealt with tragedy on my own. I was my own. I was my own hero. And I just, I just, I, I kind of shut down. Whenever I got hurt from someone, I shut down. I think one therapist told me this. He had said, I noticed something about you. Whenever we talk about something that happened to you, something tragic, you shut down. Why is that? It's like you don't want to face it head on. I said, I don't want to bring back the painful memories. They're painful. For the longest time, I remember when I was assaulted, I never talked about it. And whenever I watch a movie or hear about someone getting assaulted, it just brings it all back. And I sometimes wonder, was I that naive? to let myself get hurt. But then I, as I say to all of you women who have been assaulted, it's not your fault. You were the victim. Say to yourself, what did I do? Did I provoke him? No. No, I didn't do anything. I am the victim, right? So it wasn't your fault. You have to make yourself believe that. See, a lot of women will not, when they get assaulted, they won't report it. Now, for me, I didn't. Because I didn't really want to go to court. I didn't want to face him. And he would have made up some kind of a lie. And there would be, he said, she said. And I'm like, you know what? I don't want to deal with this. And I didn't want to tell my mother at the time. Because she was at that time when she was mourning for the love of her life. This would be another crisis for her to handle. And I couldn't do that. And if something happened to her and she ended up in the hospital, it would be on me. That was too much for me to take. At the tender age of 21, I didn't want to put that 
on myself. And I always think that you have to understand something with me. I get emotional. I don't like being alone. I will admit to all of you, I've mentioned this many times. The silence alone is too much for me. My phone barely rings. The only time it rings is, you know, for notifications from work. But let's put that separate because that really doesn't count. That's work-related, right? So we keep our personal and our work life separate. And even so, everybody that I've had to come into contact with, their phone is always going off or someone's there looking for them, saying, hey, look, as a friend, I care. You know, I always said this, and I made this statement, that someone said this to me, and it didn't sink in very well. You think about all the people that have passed through this earth, right? If Whether it's somebody you know, a family member, a friend, whoever was closest to you in your life, who were once here, and they're no more. And you say to yourself, why me? Why am I left behind? And they, they're gone. In other words, let's see if I could trade places. Now, I know what you're thinking. Why are you talking like this? Because being alone is no... Being alone is kind of like a form of suicide. And I know what you're going to say. Oh, my God, is she really thinking that? No, no, I'm not, I'm not thinking that. But think about this. When you're alone, all these thoughts go through your head. Now, I don't want to think about those thoughts. Sometimes they come out of the blue. If you tell me, if you say to me, why don't you go to therapy? Because therapy doesn't work for me. And I don't like it because therapists try to make you blame you for everything that has happened. In other words, they don't want to listen to what you have to say. They want to preach to you. And I really don't want someone preaching to me. Been there, done that. Don't want to go through that again. When you have thoughts, when you're alone, you just don't know what to do with yourself. You ask yourself all these questions. Do I deserve the treatment that I got from all of these people? No. Am I a victim? Yes. Did I do anything wrong? No. But a lot of times when, when if, if you tell a family member, because again, family members cannot be objective, they'll attack you. They'll go like, oh, you should have known better. What's wrong with you? Say, I don't want to hear that. I want to hear someone say to me, hey, look, I understand where you've been. I sympathize with you, and I understand what you're going through. It, it must be really rough. You know, for me to put on this persona that I'm happy, when in all honesty, I'm still screaming from the inside. And my emotions get the best of me. I come home to an empty house. I don't hear my mother's voice. I don't hear any sounds. I hear nothing. Silence, <laughs> silence is crippling. And it's just terrible. You ask me, what do I do on the weekends? Well, if I'm lucky enough, somebody comes over and visits, wonderful. If not, again, family has their own lives. I don't want to bother them. I feel like a burden, a burden to everybody. And I don't want to be a burden. And I don't want to, I don't want to bother anybody. Because I don't want anybody to come to my rescue. I don't want that. I want to show all of you that I can get through any type of crisis. And be positive. And be strong. But a part of me just feels 
like I'm asking for too much. Now a lot of people say it's okay. It's okay to talk about what you're feeling. It's okay to let your emotions out. But you got to ask yourself the question that begs to be answered. Because I'm sure all of you say, my God, I love her podcasts, her stories. She talks about everything and anything. She has a heart. Now, she does all She does all for everybody. She, in other words, she helps out everybody that she can. And she's making a difference. Why don't we return the favor and help her out? But there's really nothing all of you can do. I've learned a long time ago that if I ask for any type of help, I won't get it. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't, I want to be able to stand on my own two feet. I want to be able to say, hey, look, everybody, she could take care of herself. But sometimes I feel, I feel like I do need assistance. I just don't want to ask for it. And I don't want to beg. I'm not a beggar. I'm not a beggar and I don't want to ask. Because in the past when I've asked for help, even from a close colleague, nothing came from it. You think, okay, you're going to go out of your way to help other people. The least you could do is return the favor. Nothing. So I don't want to ask. It's not my place to ask. You know, everyone says, oh, you have to have that one friend in your life that will do for you what you do for them. I told you, every person I came into contact with from my past who was a friend is now an ex-friend because of the betrayal. I can't take betrayal. I can't take betrayal. I can't take lies. I can't take her. I can't take any of that. A part of me doesn't understand why, if you call yourself a friend, you would hurt the person you're friends with. Why would you hurt them? Friends don't hurt one another. Friends are supposed to be there for each other in good and bad times. Friends are supposed to be there to listen objectively and give an opinion. Not criticize, not put down. So who do I have as a friend? Nobody. I don't have any friends. And people don't believe that. See, some people question me on that from LinkedIn. They're like, come on, you must have one friend. No, I don't. My life is not... It's boring. Yes, I go to work just like everybody else. I have to pay bills just like everybody else. But where's their excitement? There's no excitement. On the weekends, I try to find things to do. You know, because again, now with the way things are in, 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 well, not here, just in America, but all over the place, you really can't travel too much. Well, I wouldn't be able to anyway. I don't have a reliable vehicle. My vehicle is really not that great. But for now, it's doable. I just want a happy life. I want a life filled with a lot of... Maybe I am Maybe I am seeking attention. Maybe I'm seeking attention. Maybe I want that notoriety. Maybe I want to be recognized just for helping somebody. A group of people. A whole country. If you can understand my story, I'm still looking. I'm still trying to figure out who I am. I've lost my identity along the way. It's like a part of me died inside. And I've always said this to all of you. When it comes time for you to go, I don't want anybody to cry for me. I know, and I've had this premonition appear in my head, and I can't get rid of it. I have this dream that I saw myself in my own funeral. Didn't have one single person to pay their respects. Nobody came. 
So just like in life, you don't have a friend. Well, when you're gone, who's going to send you up? But you wouldn't know it, right? But in my dream, I saw myself. And the priest was there. And the priest was like, it's a shame. Nobody came for her. Nobody came for her. Nobody claimed her. And I was like, a distant memory. There was a song I was listening to earlier. And it tears me up every single time I listen to it. It just hurts. The song is is called Your Song from Elton John. If you listen to the lyrics, I can hear part of it in my head. And if I could try to remember the lyrics, how wonderful life is while you're in the world. The people that I have in my life are no more, so how wonderful is life for me? <laughs> it's not, it's not wonderful. It's, it's too painful. I don't have anyone to fall back on in terms of a friendship. Now, I have somebody in my life who I truly love, and I'm trying, I, I'm, I'm focusing on him because, again, we have a similar background. Not exactly the same, but similar. It's always saying that when you meet someone for the first time, it's as if fate. Y'all don't know if anybody believes this now. I've heard of this before from many people. When you ask them, how did you two meet? I'll be honest with you. Through the man upstairs. I always believe that God will help out two unknown people from other parts of the world come together. Now, if you're going to say to me, that's not possible. Yes, it is. It is possible because, again... It doesn't necessarily mean because if you're here and they're there, you're never going to get together. In order for you to fully believe that you can be together, you make plans to be together. My mother said, I don't want to see you alone. If I see you alone, all these thoughts are going to come creeping through my head. You know, my mother is right. I can't hide anything from my mother, even in life and even in death. She would always tell me, I don't want to see you alone. I don't want to see you alone. I don't want those thoughts to go through your head. Because it did happen. December of 2020. When we were on lockdown. And I first started this podcast. And I was feeling really down. And I thought to myself. Is this how my life is going to be? I'm going to be alone with nobody. I have nobody to talk to. I have no friends. It's the saddest thing in the world when you don't have a friend in the world. You think to yourself, look at all the people around you. I'm not going to go up to a perfect stranger and start talking to them. It's not me. Now, back in the day when I was going through my illness and I was in the hospital, believe it or not, I started talking to people, other patients, doctors, nurses, anybody who worked at the hospital. And I don't know where I got that courage from. Maybe it was out of fear or maybe it was just the drugs. Because sometimes when they have drugs pumping into your system, You have all these side effects. But one of them, again, for me, it was the shyness. I didn't think I could actually speak with people. And I did. I would strike a conversation up with them. And I was brave enough to do it. Could I be able to do it now? Most likely. If I'm able to talk to you, all of you out there, wherever you are in the world, about me, then I don't have a problem speaking in person to everybody and telling you my story and showing you who I am as a woman, as someone who's a 
a friend to the world, a mentor, a guide, a coach, a teacher, someone who wants to give and give and give and not get anything in return. I don't expect anything from anybody. Again, in the past, I've been able to receive anything from anybody because to them it was just a joke on their part. They made me feel like I didn't deserve it. I remember with the three men that I was with, their idea of gifts, well, number one, it didn't come from their heart. It was to them, it was a way to make me cry. And they succeeded. So I said, you know, I don't want anything from anybody. If I want to go out, I will get something for myself. I don't want to put, I don't want to be a burden to anybody. I don't want to be a burden to anybody. And I don't want to have to, you know, mince words. I just feel that it's just best to just leave it alone. I want to be the type of person to all of you, the type of woman to all of you, to just listen to me, listen to my emotions, my emotions that get the best of me. I feel like a little part of me is slowly slipping away. There are times when I just feel alone. See, the thing is, I'm alone at work. I'm alone at home. I'm just alone. And the silence is killing me. I don't know how long I can even continue on living like this. And I know all of you are thinking, but you're such a brave woman. You went through so much in your life. You need to hold on and be strong. I'm trying to be. I gotta understand something. I sometimes wish I could just have a one-on-one conversation with someone. I just wish I could have a, a real mental conversation with someone. Someone who will just hear me out. Who will listen, who will just do, who needs to be done. Who will just have, who will just be open-minded. You know, not many people can be objective, you know, I was watching this special yesterday. I just happened to turn on of flipping channels. And I was looking at the Red Cross. You know how the Red Cross helps people in need from a disaster? All those countries, like, I forget where this country was. I think it was in, um, I think it was Iberia. Iberia. Or, I'm just trying to remember the country, but they went through this, um, there was like some type of a natural disaster and their homes were destroyed. Families didn't have homes. They didn't have running water. Children were sick. They were dying. There was very little food. And I looked at myself sitting at my own home and thinking, if I could trade places with you, I would. Now, a lot of people say you wouldn't do that. No, you know what? It's called having compassion and human spirit. If you ask me, 
let's or if I ask all of you, are you happy where you are now in your life? Do you feel even an ounce of guilt having a roof over your head and food in your stomach and good medical care? And if you look at people who don't have that, I'm sorry, it bothers me. Sometimes I feel guilty just putting food in my mouth. So what do I do? I do an experiment where I will not buy groceries for a month. And you're going to say, well, what is that going to do? Well, let's put it this way. I feel guilty just eating. I feel guilty eating. I feel guilty living. I feel guilty having a good time. Because you see the suffering when it's women and children, especially children, breaks my heart. They have no food. Their shelter, they're cramped with other people. They have no clean drinking water. They're sick. Come on, you take for granted the things that you have. For me, it's a matter of if I can, and I would. I would still do this to this day because it's a mission down the line of all the stuff that I have just to give it away. Just, just, just to put a smile on a child's face, on anybody's face for that matter. I don't feel, I, I, everyone says you should be blessed to have a roof over your head, but let's be honest here. It does not make me happy knowing that, okay, somewhere in the world, someone's outside in the, in the heat or in the cold with no shelter, very little clothing, very little food, no clean water, and they're sick. And when there's children, it bothers me to this day. I can't imagine a child starving to death. When you, when you, when you see it as opposed to actually being there, you want to know, what can I do? I can't do much for my living room. Yeah, everyone can make a donation and, and all of that, but let's be honest here, that's not help. What would satisfy me is to go down there to physically, physically try to find a way to go down there to help, to see the conditions firsthand and to see how it is, maybe make some friends along the way. If we all have that human compassion within us, look at our own lives. Our own lives blessed. Again, for me, it would be a tremendous thing to do just because I feel like I'm not doing my part and I'm not doing enough. I feel like I could be doing more. That would make me very, very, very happy. Very happy. Make me happy. I just can't imagine my life the way it is now. You know, now again, you're going to say, well, wait a minute. You can do that still. I can. I can't now. That's the problem. I'm in my own little world of crisis. You know, it's everywhere you go. There's a dead end, a dead end, a dead end. There is no escape. You never play, you ever play that game, escape? You try to find clues to get out you're kind of stuck in a room with this many people and you have to find clues to get yourself out. That's how it feels like for me. I want to escape. There's a part of me that just wants to disappear from this world. You're going to say, why? Pain, rejection. It's too much for me. And I'm trying really hard to not have those feelings. Very difficult all my life has been filled with a lot of pain with the fact that I couldn't be accepted I still can't get accepted people still look at me funny and you're going to say oh you're being paranoid no people still look at me funny and I don't understand why is it because of my 
name? Is it because I'm different, which I don't find anything wrong? I've always said that if you're unique and different, you stand out more than if you were like everybody else. Because let's face it, who wants to be like everybody else? Trust me, you would, you would want to stand out and be different. But people recognize for your talents. I've worked this hard and I'm slowly getting back to the top. Now, a lot of people say, I have a job and that's all that makes me happy. You're lying to yourselves, though. You need to have that person to support you, to back you up, which I do. I do care about my significant other, and I told him that he has done enough for me. He thinks he has it. He has. How many times do I have to say this? He's done more for me. I wish I could do more. And I know I will be able to over time. It's just that right now I feel I feel invisible. Part of me feels part of me feels invisible. A part of me feels tortured. A part of me feels like there's this little voice in my head. That I have these thoughts. I have premonitions of certain situations some of them are good some of them are bad now people say are you psychic no when i was younger i was always able to know who was at the front door who was on the phone what was going to happen i predicted my father's death i predicted my father's death do you know i couldn't tell anybody in the family what was going to happen couldn't tell my mother because that would have devastated her. She would have thought, my God, my daughter is losing her mind. I couldn't tell anybody in the family. They would have thought I was crazy. I kept it all of these years. I kept it. I had a feeling he was not going to be around. I don't know. A part of me thought he's going to die at a young age. And he did. But I didn't know in my dream what he died from. He just passed away. And then all the years after that, We lost both men in the family. So my father passed away first. Then my uncle. That was a sudden shock. My grandmother. My godfather. My aunt. My mother. The heads of the family passed. And I was left trying to figure out what am I going to do in this world without them. I guess you can call me I was attached to my parents from the time I was a little girl to about teenager, young adults, I was attached. That a part of me didn't want to, I didn't want to leave my mother or my father. I always wanted them to be around forever. Now I know everyone's going to say, we always want our parents to be around, but one day they're going to go. And let's face reality, we have to accept it. It's just a harsh reality to accept somebody's passing because it, It takes so much out of you. You say to yourself, and I've always said this to both of them, I said, I don't want anything to happen to either of you. If I can one day go and be a medical doctor, if I was a medical doctor, I said, I will take very good care of you. You are going to be in the best hands. I actually wish I would have been a medical doctor because they would have been my own patients. They're not just my parents. They would have been my own patients. I would have taken very good care of them and they would have had the best care the best treatment and they would still be alive today but because of that premonition 
and I actually, again, kept it inside for so many years that it had time for me to release it. When my mother, before she got sick, I had predicted also what would happen with my life, and I was right. When people say, are you psychic? No, I just have these feelings going through me, these thoughts, and sometimes I can see them clearly. Other times, I, it's from a dream. And when they say, do you believe that your dreams can come true? It all depends on what it is you're dreaming. There are dreams that don't make sense. There are some dreams that just don't have... They don't mean anything. You ever have a dream and you just say, oh my God, I woke up and I had a dream. I was in an airplane and I fell like out of the airplane and I parachuted down. I've, I've heard of people saying weird things that happened to them. And then I kept having the same premonition again. And I said to my mother, I know what's going to happen when you go. I'm going to be left alone. The one thing she was worried about me, and I think she even said it before she got sick, was, I don't want to see you alone. I want you to be happy, and I want you to have someone who will take care of you, someone who will love you, someone who will never let you go. In other words, someone who will give you that amount of happiness that you deserve. Why should you be alone? You say to yourself, why should I be alone? And everybody around me has all this happiness. And I was envious of both of my sisters. They got married at young ages. They both got married in their 20s. And I was still trying to find that someone. And I thought to myself, will I ever find someone who will appreciate me as I am? Or am I going to be alone the rest of my world, the rest of my life, and I'm going to have all these thoughts go through my head? Because a part of me feels that way. Sometimes I can't escape it. Sometimes I think to myself, am I destined to be alone? If you say, if you ask yourself this question, and I think I've, I've, I've actually brought this up now. If you pray to God, now God, everybody prays to God for a miracle, for someone getting well. Whatever it is that you're praying for, Keep on praying. A miracle can happen. Now, I used to believe that, but with, even with my father before he passed away, I, I prayed every night. I said, please, God, I will, I will do anything. I will change me. I will do good in this world. I, I bargained with him, thinking that if I bargained with him, he would listen to me and he would make my father well. And that's why I... I, I he, he died even before, even before the miracle could have happened. Do I blame myself? <laughs> yes and no. Part of me did. I wish I could have stopped it. And I wish I could have said to myself, I didn't want this to happen, but it did. And I'm asking all of you now, you're going to be thinking, my God, she's really displaying her emotions. I'm not acting for anyone. This is really me. I'm showing you all of my emotions because, again, when you bottle up your emotions, you are going to make yourself sick. If you have someone, you can release those emotions. And I'm not saying attack someone. It's not what you want. You don't want to push people away. You want to draw them to you, but you also want them to see your emotions. In other words, if they care about you that much and they're willing to listen to you and to help you through it, those are the friends that you have close by. Not people who have that, and I've been through this too now, phony, 
You can, you can tell through body language. They're listening to you, but they're not. A part of them is like in one ear and out the other. I don't like people like that. If you can't be true with me, if you don't want to help me get through a crisis in life, then you're really not a friend. Walk away from me then. I don't want to get to know you. So to wrap this up, because I'm now a little over the time here, I just wanted to come out and tell you exactly what's going through my head right now. And there's all these emotions. I think about that when I'm driving. I think about that in my everyday life. Yes, we are all going through a crisis of some sort. When you have someone who can who can build you up, who could support you, you need to hold on to that person. If you let them go, what is that going to do? You're going to feel guilty, right? You always say to yourself, I can't let you go. We are bound together forever. We are bound together through all of eternity. We are bound. That's what I have to say. So I'm sorry I got emotional. It's just my emotions are getting the best of me. I have all these thoughts go through my head. Some of them are good. Some of them are. I'm trying to push the bad ones out pushing and in my dreams my mother we have a conversation because again she says to me if I was here with you on earth this is what I would say to you don't give up you got to be strong you have to be strong you have to be able to persevere and go on with life you have to do what you have to do I don't want to see you alone I don't want to see you break down I don't want to see you go through any type of hurt or pain I don't I and I know, and I understand what you're going through at this moment. I do understand. But you have to be strong. If you fall apart, those emotions are going to take over. You don't want that little voice to come out of your head and say, "You're a quitter." You don't want that. You want to be a winner in life. So whatever crisis or struggling you're dealing with, it's always good to have that second person to fall back on. That's why I cherish the love of my life. And I want us to get through life together. Because I know that together as a team, we are strong. But if I'm by myself, I know that how my life will end. It will not end well. And I will be a distant memory. So I'm going to say, be strong for yourselves. You can get through any crisis if you have that someone. It's always good to have somebody to fall back on. If you tell me that you, you can do this by yourself, then you're fooling all of yourselves. So, again, be strong, be positive. God bless all of you. Take care.